When I was born, I joined a population of over 4 billion people, and now we're at 8 billion. <laughs> There's been a huge increase. The UN Population Division projects that we are nearly at 10 billion by 2050. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast, the podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, Women's Trade and Development Body. I am Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're talking about the growing global population and the implications for a sustainable future. The UN estimates there are now 8 billion people on Earth. In less than 50 years, the number of human beings has doubled. With better medicine and nutrition, people are living longer. But a rising population puts pressure on the amount of food, water, energy and livable space to go round. It also puts pressure on our environment. Humanity should peak at around 10.4 billion people in the 2080s and then plateau before declining in the next century. But for countries with the highest birth rates, especially many in sub-Saharan Africa, the next few decades will mean extra demands to meet their development priorities. Joining me now to talk about our future in a more crowded world is Anu Peltola, officer in charge of statistics in UNCTAD. And when she's not crunching numbers, Anu also enjoys picking berries and mushrooms in warmer months and skiing in the winter. Well, welcome back, Anu. First of all, how can you calculate the number of people accurately? It seems an impossible task. It is a major effort to count the people, the population of a country. A census should be carried out at least once per decade. It depends on the data environment in each country. Some countries have very good registers and they can do a rolling census every year without huge costs. But other countries will have to do even a full enumeration of their population. This could mean going from door to door, especially in rural regions where it's difficult to otherwise reach people. Migration is a particular challenge because people are so mobile nowadays. Lots of countries manage to move to online censuses using online forms instead of paper if they hadn't done so before. So the problem is, though, the principle is to leave no one uncounted. So you need to reach the populations that are not online, not only those who are using the Internet. So it's a big effort, but essential, because it informs the decisions that we make, whether we need a new school, a healthcare facility, transport infrastructure or housing. These can be costly decisions if done at the wrong time. If you only carry out a population census every 10 years, in between you have to estimate. So you need to make assumptions. Sometimes we see big revisions. For instance, there were less people in China than we thought now that they carried out their census. And in India, there were more people than we had realized. And the difference is millions. Overall, globally, though, the global population figures are pretty well intact. Now, where do these additional billions of people live and what affects is the population growth having on these areas? When I was born, I joined a population of over 4 billion people, and now we're at 8 billion. So there's, <laughs> there's been a huge increase. The UN Population Division projects that 
we are nearly at 10 billion by 2050. Not quite, but almost. Now, over 80% of global populations live in developing countries. In the last 25 years, almost all of the population growth has been seen in developing countries. Two-thirds in Asia, one-third in Africa, roughly. Of course, this is due to the increased health, better health care, medication, nutrition, and also higher education levels. But agriculture has also advanced significantly, mm. and technologies are affecting our lifespan so that we can live a healthier, longer life. There are more people around, but actually the rate of growth has been decreasing since the 1960s. And during the pandemic years, for the first time, the global population growth rate dropped below 1%. Africa remains the region that has mm. the highest population growth. Africa definitely differs from the other regions, and they have a younger population structure as well. If children are the future, the future seems to be in Africa. <laughs> well, how can developing countries, say in Africa, manage this growing pressure going into the future then? It depends on the population structures as well. If there is a large share of working-aged population, mm. they can support in an easier way children and the elderly. But of course, when you have a growing population, there are growing needs as well. Um, many countries struggle to meet the basic needs for food and energy, um, health care. Especially in some African countries, there are challenges with access to clean and safe water. And many people are not yet online. So we see stark differences in living conditions and increasing inequalities. There clearly is an investment gap in meeting the needs of the global population. And this can also influence migration patterns. As we head towards 10 billion people, which resources are most at risk? And can we ensure there's enough for everyone and also manage to protect the environment at the same time? Our livelihoods depend on the shared planetary resources. As we know that over 80% of the global population lives in developing countries, we really need to focus on how to meet the needs of those people in a sustainable way. How can we ensure energy efficiency or how can we ensure green technologies are available for these population? Really the charm with population data is that it's not just numbers. Each figure refers to a person, a person of the past, a person of today or the future. The question is how can we offer the quality of life to people that gives them the opportunity to pursue their personal needs and mm. a good life? If we look at the inequality data that we have, we still fall short in care and solidarity. Now, you mentioned India and China. And uh, with 1.4 billion people and growing, India is now overtaking an aging and shrinking population in China. So what does that mean for both these countries and the rest of the world in terms of 
economics, economies and societies? Yes, this year India is becoming the most populated country mm. in the world. China used to have that um, role. The population size of India is growing, but the growth rate there is also declining. But their population structure is very young. India's population is among the youngest globally. How this will affect their economic opportunities and social aspects of people's lives remains to be seen. It depends on many factors, how flexible the labor markets are, uh, women's participation in the labor market, social security, their skills and education levels will affect the potential for growth as well. And it's also about investment. How does the country manage to attract foreign investment? For countries with shrinking populations, the problems, the challenges are different. There is an increasing burden for the working age population if there are more elderly people in a country. But it will also be affected by the local conditions. For instance, the culture in the country, how people engage in society, what are their capacities, skills, what kind of a social security system is there. As we live longer and healthier lives, maybe people want to be more engaged also at an older age in society, like in value creation, in care, social activities. This could change the dynamics. But clearly, the population data give us something to think about, to prepare for our future. Whether we manage to find the right policies, that remains to be seen. <laughs> Were there any surprises with any of these projections? Yes, I think there are big changes. We just see population growing globally, but this growth rate is also declining. For the first time in 2021-22, we saw zero population growth for developed countries. <laughs> they are faced with increasing aging. Yeah. So that's something that developed countries need to tackle. Uh, there are big changes regionally. Africa is the only region where the dependency ratio continues dropping. So their conditions for economic growth improve as they have a larger share of working aged population. and. They are relatively young as a population in Africa. The other regions, instead, their populations are aging. So they, they will face different challenges. And what's also surprising is the concentration of population growth to a few countries. That also means if there are changes in individual countries, this could alter the population projections in the future when they are revised. Okay, wow, thank you to Anu Peltola from UNCTAD for being this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Thomas in Geneva. Goodbye for now. <laughs>